Okay, 2 Kings chapter 5. Let me read a few verses to you. We're in a series called All In. And, um, man, I'm excited about this word. The 9.30, 10.30, we're just, God really breathed on this message. I'm asking for him to do it again. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. And at this time, raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. So she was a slave girl now in their house. And one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. She's talking about Elisha. She's going, I remember this crazy prophet back from where I'm from, and and he's got miracle work and power. He needs to go see him. So Naaman told the king what what the young girl had said. And the king said, go visit him, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman was very angry and stalked away. I thought thought he would certainly come out and meet me. I wanted to meet the pastor. Where's the pastor? I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. This is so us, y'all, because here's what it is. It's, hey, God, I want you to do something, but I want you to do it my way, <laughs> my terms. I've got a box. I want you to fit in it. And, and Lord, I want a great 2020, and you're going to be a part of it. But you're going to have to play by my rules. Can I just tell you, he don't, he don't play. He don't. <laughs> Okay, he don't play. Aren't the rivers in Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any rivers in Israel? He wants me to be baptized in that dirty Jordan River? Couldn't I at least go there and get washed and be healed? He turned away in rage, verse 13. But his officers tried to reason with him. By the way, that's why you need good friends. Hello, 11.30. Can I, can I hear? That's why you need a good friend. That'll go, hey, hey, simmer. You're mad. I don't know. You, you, easy. You don't need to leave right now. No, you don't need to get mad right now. You, easy. Chill. Let's go eat. Chill. Let's go have a drink of water. Amen. Let's chill. Amen. You don't, we don't need to overreact. Like, that's why you need a good friend. Because a good friend will, will uh, every one of us at one time or another will let our emotions talk ourselves out of a miracle. And you need good, godly friends that'll go, no, I'm going to talk you back into this thing. Anybody grateful for that, by the way? All right. He said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, you would have done it. So you should certainly obey him when he says, go wash and be cured. So Naaman went down, he listened to him, smart. He went down to the Jordan, he dipped seven times, just as the man of God instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. He was healed. Now, Naaman tries to pay Elisha for this miracle. He tries to give him money. Elisha refused, so Naaman has one request, verse 17. Would you allow me, please, to load two mules with earth from this place? Naaman says, can I take mud from the banks of the Jordan? Can I take it home with me? Because from now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. Verse 14, Naaman dipped 
seven times. I want to preach just a few minutes from the subject, dip again. Dip again. Dip again. Look at your neighbor, tell him, dip again, dip again. Look at your second choice, tell him, you too. You too. Find a third option real quick, tell him, dip again, dip again. Come on, tell him, tell him, dip again, dip again. Father, bless Bless your word now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Dip again, dip, dip again. Naaman was a great man. Naaman was a mighty warrior. He was the captain of his army. He was in direct report, direct line with the king. Uh, You literally couldn't get any higher besides the king. He was a feared man. He was a beloved man. He was a, a, a brilliant man. He was a brave man. Naaman was known by his whole nation. Naaman was an awesome warrior, but, I don't know if you caught that but right at the beginning, but Naaman had leprosy. Uh, This lets me know something and reminds me of something about myself, that I love God and I'm called by God and I I trust God and I believe God and I've been anointed by God, but I got some, I got some issues, y'all. I got some issues. And before you judge this preacher, so do you. I'm not talking today about physical leprosy or a skin condition, but I'm talking about what every one of us has, and that's leprosy of our soul. I love God. I know God loves me. I'm trying to serve God. I, I know I've been called by God. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to love God. I'm trying to do this. I'm, I really do love Jesus, preacher, but, but I got this thing, and it's, it's destroying my soul, and it's separating me from the people that I love the most, and I, and I can't seem to shake it. it. It seems to just always show up. No matter how good I'm doing, this, this butt always seems to rise. This leprosy always seems to rise. And though for Naaman, he could not hide it. It was, it was very visible to everyone around him. We hide our leprosy. We hide our secrets. We hide our issues. So, so, so it's really hard, actually, to get free in church because we all walk in and act like we're free. How you doing? I'm blessed, man. Woo, it's been good. It's been a good week. Look at the sun shining. Praise God. Glory to God. Man, it's good, man. It's good. What a beautiful name. Say amen. Amen. Lift your hands. Okay. Clap. Okay. Shout. Yeah, I'm just as spiritual as you guys. And we're all lying. And we're all covering up our leprosy. Acting like we're something that we're not praying to God that people never find out who we really are because we've convinced ourselves that they love the public me, but they, if they ever knew the private me, they wouldn't look at me the same. But let me just, by the way, calm that fear. They're thinking the same thing about you. Can you talk back to me a little bit? They're thinking the same thing. And you're both going, I'm blessed. We're blessed. And our eyes are saying, help me. Help, but we can't. I really struggle with this because as a preacher who, who puts himself out there every, every Sunday and every week, I preach a minimum of five times a week. I always preach four times here, and I preach at least one time a week somewhere else around uh, the country. And so it's a really weird thing because you're putting yourself out there 
like letting everybody know your business and you're trying to help people. And so you really need affirmation. You say you don't, but you do, right? And so you, 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 you say you don't care, but you should go to Instagram to look what people, come on somebody, you're like, I don't need no mentions. What did people say about me today? How was that? Did I? <laughs> it's just being real. I'm just being real with you. And so, um, so, so you need, and you actually need it. There's actually a healthy side of it where you just need some encouragement and you need to know you're, you're, you're connecting with people. And yet you feel bad about it because you know you. So I'm like, did I do good? Yeah, but I really shouldn't even be asking for that because if you really knew who I was, and I live with the tension of this anointing coming upon me on Sunday, but then I wake up to the real me on Monday, and most preachers deal with depression on Mondays because they were this person that they're not six days a week. It's like really easy to pray, love Jesus, and have faith on Sunday, and then on Monday you're like, who are you, and what happened to the Superman yesterday? Can I get, where did that phone booth go? Can I get back in there? And you can't. So you have to learn how to deal with the tension of it, and you have to learn how to be honest about it. But, but so it encourages me actually to read Naaman because he had a butt and I have a butt and he had leprosy and I have leprosy and so do you. But it also encourages me because Naaman didn't just settle for it. Yeah, he did something about it. He, he was able to change it because just because it's something that you deal with doesn't mean you have to deal with it forever. And just because it's become a norm in your life doesn't mean it has to be a norm forever. And just because it's been a part of your lifestyle and a part of your behavior patterns and a part of the way you see the world doesn't mean you have to believe that forever. You can change. Naaman shows us that we can change. Naaman shows us that like last week, we don't have to settle to the voice of Elkanah and give in to the gravitational pull, but we can be lifted out of it and we can be healed. Anybody want to be healed today? Because I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. And so, and I'm reminded, especially on a weekend like this, as we honor Dr. King, that he was able to see beyond the leprosy of his culture and the leprosy of his nation and the leprosy of, of politics and the leprosy of what was going on and saying, I think we're better than this. I think we can get beyond this. I think we can repent of this. I think we can get beyond what, and he had a dream, not just for his children, but his grandchildren. And, and we have not seen the fulfillment of it yet. We are still a long way off, but we are getting better and we are improving. And I thank God for a church like this if you look around there's people that don't look like you don't talk like you don't believe what you believe we got some reds and we got some blues and we got some whites and we got some blacks and we got some hispanics and we got my favorite my filipino people you're my favorite that's like jollybee a lot you know what i'm saying but and so you what i want to say and by the way, and we, and we need to continue to dream for that. Let me just stop for a sec. Can we continue to work to fulfill that dream? By the way, I feel the tension of it because as a half white, half Mexican guy, I never want to, I don't want to try to appeal to anybody and it become the token thing. Like, let's sing a gospel song just to appease. Or I better calm down to appease or, so we're all in the tension of it. But let me just tell you, we, we're trying our best to fulfill that dream. And in case you have a problem with that, I guess I should just say this too. You're gonna have a 
big problem with heaven. Because every nation's gonna be there, every tribe's gonna be there, every tongue's gonna be there, every political persuasion's gonna be there. And here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that the people you have the biggest problem with, I'm praying they're on your cul-de-sac in heaven. And for eternity, you're gonna have to work it out. You voted for what? You did what? All right, let's go eat. Okay, we gotta talk about this. But it reminds me that we can change, that we don't have to settle, but we can believe for God's will to be done in our life. That's why Jesus said to pray, let your will be done, God. Because if we don't pray and if we don't seek for that and go all in for that, we won't see that in our lives. So I wanna give you three things I see from the text that I believe will help us as we go all in this year and as we believe God for breakthrough in our own lives. Number one, go all in with a humble heart. Go all in with a humble heart. I'm gonna give you a big statement right off the bat. I'm gonna let you chew on it. Naaman's ability to receive a miracle was directly connected to his willingness to receive instruction. Say it again, preacher. Okay, let me say it one more time. Naaman's ability to receive a miracle was directly connected to his willingness to receive instruction. He, he needed a miracle but he needed to receive instruction from an unexpected voice. Uh, especially in this uh, type of culture that was very much men were, were, were way above women. Naaman had to listen to, number one, a woman in his house. Number two, a younger woman in his house. Number three, a slave woman in his house. He had to take the instruction of a slave girl that said, sir, I, with all due respect, uh, b- before you stole me, <laughs> I'm gonna let that one slide. There was a guy, his name is Elisha, and he, he can do miracle stuff. He, he, he tells it to rain and it rains and he prays over poison food and it's not poison anymore and he can, he can split water and he like, he, I don't know, he calls down fire like his spiritual father, Elijah. I'm just telling you, if you could get back there, um, I, you, you could get a miracle. And, and Naaman had to humble himself to the point to listen to an unexpected voice. Okay, he had to listen to the slave girl, he had to listen to his servants, and he had to listen to the man of God, Elisha. I want to say it like this. Be open to unexpected voices speaking in your life. Can you be willing to learn? Can you be open to correction? God has a way. This one's gonna hurt. Welcome to church. God has a way of speaking to you through a means that he knows will stretch you and mature you. Uh. That's my way of saying God will talk to you through the last person on earth that you want him to talk to you through. (laughs) This is why I never got got Hebrews 3 when Hebrews 3 says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I'm like, Lord, I won't harden my heart. Speak to me audibly. Let the angel of the Lord show up in my room. Speak, Lord. (laughs) 
Let the, let, the, let the Bible come alive and speak to me. Let, let, a, let a preacher prophesy through the airwaves and, and preach to me through TV. Let, let, let the voice of the, let, let my pastor, Pastor Jensen Franklin, speak to me. I'll listen, Lord. I won't harden my heart. But, but what I found out is that we, we want God's voice to sound like Mufasa. <laughs> Simba. Yes, Lord. But I found that it's usually not Simba, it's your spouse. <sighs> and we want the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it usually sounds like your wife. It usually sounds like, it, it might sound like your five-year-old. It might sound like your teenager who's, who's giving you attitude, but in reality, you know that behind the attitude is actually truth that you need to hear. It might be through a crazy preacher uh, are you open? Are you open? Are you open in 2020 to have a humble heart to say, Lord, however you got to get it to me, get it to me. However you got to speak it to me. That's why, that's why Paul said in Romans 1, I'm not even tripping about preaching. Because he said, he said, because if, if that doesn't work, God will use creation to talk to you. Like, like God, God is trying to, to talk to you. And a lot of you would say, Jabin, I've never heard the voice of God. And I would disagree. I'd say the vast majority of you have, you probably just missed it because it came in a package you didn't want. And his voice was hidden within a package that you didn't like. And so you say, God didn't talk to me. And God's going, I did talk to you. I just used something that was going to stretch you and challenge you. And you go, I don't like that. And God goes, I know, but it's good for you because it makes you more mature. Uh, recently, um, I was preaching, and I was preaching mad because sometimes preachers do that. I was, I was talking to Jay about it during the 1030 during church because Jay got me mad. He was talking to me about something. He got me mad. Not He didn't get me mad, but it's something we were talking about. And so, uh, so I walk up here, and I start preaching mad about someone that doesn't even go to our church. Can I be real? Can someone just, Martin, love on me right now, dog. Everyone's judging me. I'm just mad. Just, I'm up here mad. And y'all don't even know about him. And y'all don't even know. You don't even know. And there's 300 people in the room like, we love you. We, ah, we just came. Ah, oh, sorry. We're here. And I'm yelling at you and you're like, it's, yeah, did I? And it wasn't you. It was, So the next morning, I walk downstairs and Shan's at her chair and she's working on her laptop and she's like, hey, so uh, last night, I already know it's coming, right? Like I already know. I'm like, yeah. She goes, pretty mad up there, huh? Pretty frustrated. And man, all that religion came right out of me. And I looked at her and I said, do you know how many people got saved last night? And I walked away, stomping through the house. And I knew I was dead wrong. I knew I was dead wrong. So I said, I'm going to get me a coffee, Lord, so I can get filled with the Spirit again. And I had me a coffee. And I walked back up to her, and I was like, my bad, 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 my bad. Because I'm okay with the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I just don't like when it 
comes in the, in the sound of the Holy Shannon. <sighs> but that's usually how God does it. Naaman had to humble himself to his servants. He had to humble himself to this girl. He had to humble himself to the prophet. And, and he had to refuse to go, do you know who I am? And he had to just be open. I just want you to be open. I, Lord, I don't know how you're going to talk to me this year, but talk to me and I'll be open. And, and by the way, the more it frustrates you in the moment is probably the best sign that God's talking to you. Yeah. Like I was listening to Pastor Stephen Furtick this morning. He's like my preaching hero. And he was like, we don't even know when to clap in church anymore. Because like what I just said, that was the standing O. Like that's when you, but, but no, no, no. But, but if I'm like, God's going to bless you, you're like, yeah. But if I'm like, God's going to stretch you, you're like, I don't know, preacher. And we've actually missed when to clap. And we, we, we don't know when to clap in here. So then we don't know how to celebrate out there. You missed it again. So number two, go all in. No, 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 no. Too late. Too late. Uh, Go all in all the time. Go all in all the time. I, I I don't know why Elisha said it, but he said dip seven times. He didn't get a word from the Lord. He didn't go, thus saith the Lord, Dip seven times. He just said, go dip seven times. I don't know if Elisha heard from God to do it, or I don't know if Elisha just had so much prophetic swag that he could just say it. I don't know if Elisha was just feeling salty and was like, go tell him to dip seven times. I don't know. Those prophets back then, they had power. So I don't, I don't know why he did it, but he just said dip seven times. I don't want to get caught up in seven. I don't want to get caught up in the numerical value. I don't want to get caught up in any of that. I want to, I want, I want to catch the principle, and the principle is that he had to do something again. And we don't like this. But it's actually in the consistency. It's in the repetition. That's why pro basketball players will shoot hundreds of shots a day at the gym. That's why a pro golfer will, will, still has a coach and will swing thousands of times. And you go, they're beyond that. You're never beyond it. Uh, I'm preaching on dip again. It's only in Christianity that we want to come in and we want one-time moves of God. And because it didn't happen as quick as you wanted, we go, oh, God's not real or God doesn't care. God wasn't listening. But in reality, every, everything you want in life does not happen by trying it once. Every good thing you want in life happens by a lifestyle of repetition. Okay, not once, not twice, not three times. Elisha said seven times. And you gotta see the power of it. Dip again. Do it again. Go all in again. Go all in all the time. Go all in for a long time. Well, I tried that church thing. I tried that church. It was just, you know, I was real, you know, I tried that church. You don't try church. Yeah. Well, you know, we tried counseling. You don't try counseling. Yeah. Married people, you don't try it. Yeah. If you need it, you go. Yeah. You don't try it. That was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but you do it because it's good for you. Yeah. 
I tried reading the Bible one time. I didn't get nothing out of it. So I just joined the club. Yeah, we tried praying together one time. It was super weird. Yeah, it's super weird at first. Like, do we have to hold hands? Do we? So married people, you know, it's like weird. Like, it's the Lord just, uh, it's weird. So you do it again. I tried praying for my kids one time. I, was, I don't know. They were looking at me weird, and I was awkward, and I was sweating. And yeah, yeah, I just got to do it again. <laughs> Am I preaching the truth? I tried lifting my hands one time and worship Jabin. Oh, bro, it's weird. As soon as I went up, my hair got caught in the lady's hair, and my hair got caught. <laughs> Poked a guy's eye out. Ah, it was weird. I'm, I'm worshiping like this. No, you got to try it. You don't, you don't try again. You just keep doing it. You know how many people I've talked to in spirit-filled churches? Do you speak in tongues? Well, I mean, I, I have once. I did. You just do it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, there's a lot of things in life that are good for you that are a little bit weird. I tried that date night, mate night stuff, preacher. We had nothing to talk about. You got to go on another one next week. And then you go on another one the next week. And then you go on another one. Like we, we just, we want, we want these one-time little things. But it don't work that way. You, you do what God's called you to do, and you just do it, and you do it when you feel like it, and you do it when you don't feel like it, and you just do it. I read the Bible every day. Some days I feel it. Some days I don't. Some days I open up the scripture, and it's like as soon as I open it, it's just like, nah. uh, uh. I have a three-year-old daughter. Uh, and it's like you're reading it, and the, script, the words just come up, for God so loved the world. And he gave his only begotten son, that's me. You know, I just, you just like feeling it. Well, I'm not Jesus, but you know what I mean. It's like, I'm the world. You know, you just, John 3, 16, wow, so rich. Okay, I was a church so bad. Okay, it's just like, wow. And there's the other day, last night, I'm gonna be real with you. I opened up the Bible. I read the book of Ephesians. I got to the last verse. I read it. I closed the Bible. I was like, what did I just do? Did I read that? Was that, was I asleep? Was I? There's days, y'all, I pray, and it's like the moment I'll say, Father, in the name of Jesus, heaven's open, and the Father's like, what do you want, bro? It's yours. Just ask. I'm sobbing. I got goosebumps on goosebumps. I mean, it's just the glory of the Lord is in my office. I'm like, Shannon, don't come in. You'll die. You know, it's like, Goldie, stop, you know? It's like the Ark of the Covenant, Indiana Jones. I mean, like the glory. And there's other days that I will pray and I'll get to the end of my prayer and I'm like, so are we good? Do, you, do we still know each other? Are we okay? There's times that I study and it's like the moment I start studying, it's like the whole sermon comes, literally five minutes. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm preaching. And there's other days, 25, 30 hours into the week, I've been working on this thing. And it's like, I got nothing. I quit. I quit. I'm going to go work at Chick-fil-A. Omar, you're the pastor. I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I don't know. I don't know the Bible anymore. It's so weird. But you know what? I just keep doing it. I just keep showing up. I just keep loving Jesus. Come on, somebody. I just keep loving my family. I just keep loving you. I just keep, I just stay consistent. And you got to learn. 
You got to learn how to outgrind the devil. You got to learn how to outlast temptation. You got to learn how to love God from a place that is not feeling, but true love. And you just do it and you just do it. And you don't need to be rewarded for it. You just do it because it's right. You just go all in for a long time. You go all in all the time. You know, every morning I wake up and I go to Starbucks or a coffee shop, whatever we can find, and I get me a coffee, and I get Shanna coffee, and she never has to ask. And she would never, she would never walk downstairs, open the fridge, because I get up before her, open the fridge, and her iced vanilla latte will not be in there. It's just going to be there. And she doesn't have to open it and turn and look back at me and go, I just love you so much. How do you know I drink? <laughs> I don't need it. I don't wait there like at the fridge. Just, I do the dishes. I do all the dishes and laundry at the house. I just do it. <laughs> hey, I feel a little swag right now. I just do it. All the, the West of the I just do it. I book our date nights. I book our sitters. Mimi and Amber can tell you they watch Goldie. I book them. I book our, our cleaning lady who comes. She's amazing. I'll give you her number. She's awesome. Actually, I shouldn't. I don't, she can't be any busier. Y'all gonna steal her from me. I, I do, like, we just, we just have, I just do a lot of stuff. And I don't, I don't need anything because it's just the right thing to do. And, and by the way, it's not that Shannon's spoiled. She runs a corporation called City Light Church. So it's not like, um, you know, She's not in bed eating chocolate-covered strawberries like, clean, you know? <laughs> She's running everything. I just try to keep up, okay? So I want to make that clear. It's not like I'm the one who's spoiled. But my point is, we just, we, you do the right thing, and you just do it all the time, and you just, and you just do it. And you, you have to learn the life you want. You, you cannot have the life you want on feelings alone. It would, actually, it would actually wear you out if you had to be inspired every time you did anything good. Like I'm talking about, it would actually physically wear you out. It would blow your adrenal gland. You couldn't do it. You actually have to learn how to live from a place of discipline and, and integrity. And the prophet said, dip, so I'm gonna dip. And God's word says this, so I'm gonna do it. Number three, that took too long. Number three, go all in everywhere. Go all in everywhere. Naaman said, uh, verse 17, sir, can I, um, can I take some of this home with me? I love this. I love this sacred thought. Elisha, something very sacred just happened. I don't really understand it because until this point, I, I, I didn't know anything about the God of Israel. But something very supernatural has happened, something very beautiful. And what I feel here, what I am experiencing here, can I take this home? And Elisha goes, yes. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, I feel something so beautiful in the house this morning. Can I take this to my house? And I, I want to say yes. Psst, let me fill you in on a little secret. That's the whole reason we do this. We do this so that you can take it home with you. 
so that you don't have one sacred hour on Sunday morning a week and the rest of your week you, you're trying to do this on your own. No, we're trying, all we're trying to do here is tell you how good God is so that you would go, can I take this home? And we say, yeah, yeah, take this stuff home. Take this home and bring it to your workplace and bring it to your family and bring it to your home and bring it to your business and bring it to your school and bring it into every relationship so that you don't have sacred and secular, but you just have a sacred life. I gave up the sacred secular thing a long time ago. I don't have a sacred and a secular life. I just have a sacred life. When I eat dinner around the, 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 the table with my family, it honors the Lord. Hang out with friends, we're gonna honor the Lord. We're gonna go out for a beautiful dinner on the strip, we're gonna honor the Lord. We're gonna tell our server all about what God's doing. Our, I mean, just everywhere we go. Just honor the Lord. It just, we live a sacred life under the Lord. We take what we get on Sunday, we take it out with us. And that's actually the whole joy of this thing. That I don't have to be two people. That I don't have to have two identities. But the more I can take this dirt, the more I can take this substance, the more I can take what God's doing in here and I can take it with me, the more my life gets consistent. And he says this, he goes, he, he, we didn't read it, but he goes on to say, so my, my king, he's a pagan king and we're gonna have to go into his temple and sacrifice. And he goes, when that happens, like Elisha, can we, have a, can we like kind of be sneaky? Because he's going he's to talk to his God, and I want to talk to Jehovah. I want to talk to Yahweh. Yeah. And so can I put a little bit of this dirt on the altar and kind of, it's going to be like a little sneaky praise. <laughs> and Elisha goes, I like that, a little sneaky praise. Get you a little, get you a little sneaky praise. <laughs> can I tell you, there's going to be some days in your life at work, you're going to have to get a little sneaky praise. Yeah. Things are going to be go, going crazy in the office, and you can't just break out it. And praise, and you're gonna have to go run into the bathroom. You're gonna have to shut the stall. You're gonna have to pray in tongues. You're gonna have to get a little sneaky praise. You're gonna have to get a little worship. Everyone's taking a little smoke break. You're gonna have to run into your car and have a little praise break. And you're gonna have to get some of that holy ground. And you're gonna have to encounter God. You're gonna have to get it back. Hello. Your house is gonna feel out of order and crazy. You're gonna have to say, okay, we gotta bring some holy ground back into this house. We're gonna have to lift up the name of Jesus. Right now, we need the presence of the Lord in this house. And I'm telling you, you can take what God's doing here, you can take it into your world. Because he said, there's gonna be some tension with this, but I'm trying to figure it out. And Elisha goes, I know you're trying to figure it out. And I just imagine Naaman walking back into his city with all this mud. I have no doubt, I believe the first place he went was the leper colony. And he went, hey, guys, I don't, know, I don't know what to do with this. I just, I just got healed. Maybe put this on your skin. I don't know if it'll work, but I just, I'm just telling you what God did just did for me. And I, maybe he walked up to a couple who couldn't have a baby, and he said, girl, why don't you put some of this on your stomach? And maybe, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a theologian. I just know what God just did for me. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. Hey, hey blind guy, uh, put some of this mud on your eyes. See what? God might do. That sounds kind of familiar. I, don't, I, just, I just know I had a very real encounter with some holy ground. And, and maybe it would help you. And I don't know, maybe he walked around with some of that mud and people said, what's that mud? And he goes, that's the mud where I got healed. 
It's just my little reminder. Kind of sounds like what Jesus told the paralyzed man, huh? When, when Jesus healed the man, he had a mat with people had to carry him on. And, and Jesus did not say, throw away the mat. He didn't say, burn the mat. He didn't say, forget about the mat, donate the mat. He said, carry the mat. Everywhere you go, keep it. Because it's my story. It's my testimony. I may, I may not know how to perfectly theologically describe what happened, but here's what I do know. I was on the floor, and I couldn't walk, and then Jesus touched me, and I got healed, and this is my reminder of who I was before. Come on, can I get an amen? Let me have the worship team come up. This is who I was before I met Jesus, but this is who I am now, and what Jesus did for me, I believe he can do for you, and I think Naaman walked around with mud going, I was one man before, but then I got some of this mud, and God healed me and it reminds me of Psalm 103 that says God pulled me out of the mud he pulled me out of the miry pit he pulled me out of the clay and please don't ever get so saved that you forget you had to get saved we've got you get you can get so good at church you'll someone will walk in that doesn't know nothing about what's going on and it's like how do they not little mud you need to remember how good God's been to you so Naaman said can I just have a little reminder and every once in a while I might might have to give some of this to the Lord just to say thank you and Elisha said yeah man go all in everywhere keep a testimony a story of God's goodness in your life watch what I'll do Jesus name we're going all in this year y'all going all in I'm not putting my toe in the water to try it out come on I'm going all in one time two time three time four time five time six time seven time eight time nine time ten time I'm going all in all the time and I'm going to get everything God has for me and you're going to get everything God has for you in the name of Jesus if you believe it clap your hands one more time and give God the best praise can give him. Come on, give God some praise. In Jesus' name.